Good morning, everyone. So good to um, worship with you this morning, and uh, what a what a wonderful time uh, of connection and um, just celebrating Jesus. And that's what we're here. That's what we're here to do. I was um, just as Ella was speaking, actually, and everyone was reflecting. I think Lynn was reflecting on worship. I was reminded of a of a Francis Chan saying when someone came up to him after church on a Sunday morning and they said, I didn't get much out of worship this morning, and he said, that's all right, we weren't worshipping you. <laughs> like, Boom! <laughs> Take that! Oh, that's not a word for someone today. <laughs> hey, uh... Just want to um, say hi to everyone online this morning. Hello, if you're watching out there. Lovely to have you with us. Hi, my name's Glenn, one of the lead pastors here. And uh, I'm going to just get this morning underway by acknowledging there are uh, three people, four people with birthdays today. We don't usually do birthdays, but because Tracy George, Ella Bond, Miriam, Folds, and Brooke, is that right? Yeah. Let's just give these guys a clap for this, your birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you guys, happy birthday to you. So good, that's good, there's a little bit of, bit of something we can accelerate this morning. Um, I, this is, I, I tried to um, prepare quite a few messages this week for this Sunday, and this is number two of three, um, and it's, what's that, Della? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going to, we're just going to open up Romans 12 this morning um, and have a little look there and see how far we get really um, today. And, and Romans, as we know, was written by Paul and written from Corinth and it was written around 23 years after Jesus' death. Um, and it was, it was fascinating. I was read, reading just this week that um, the letter in itself was delivered by a lady named Phoebe, who was a female businesswoman, and some scholars say that she had the privilege to read it to the Church of Rome and explain it as well. And there's a little bit of like, well, some say, you know, some say that, but it's, it's just really interesting. It was definitely delivered by Phoebe. And, um, and also another fun fact about Romans is that it's the you know it's, it's placement in the New Testament is indicative of how important the early church saw the book of Romans as well. And so, Paul had actually written five letters to the church before he wrote this book. And I want to just jump into yeah Romans twelve verse one. And I think this is so incredible in light of um, just there was something amazing in the presence of the Lord this morning as we worshipped him. And, you know, the word says that he inhabits the praises of his people. And so it's a really biblical um, to experience the habitation of the presence of God when we worship him. It's not, I don't think in heaven it's going to feel like an echo chamber in worship. Is going to be a tangible presence of the Lord. And so that was just wonderful. And, and in light of that, uh, Romans 12 verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, 
and sisters. And you can check out the therefore, because therefore is because of something else. And that was in Hebrews. Uh, uh, sorry, it wasn't in Hebrews, it was in Romans 11. And, and, um, and basically the, the idea there that of the therefore is that God is magnificent. God is incredible. He is wonderful and he's big and to him be the glory. And so we've got this therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, um, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Um, I, was, I was watching, just in preparation for, for Sunday this morning, I was watching Princess Bride last night. It was after a day of prayer and fasting. And, and um, there's this classic exchange between the hero who's Wesley. Does anyone know the movie? It's a 1980s movie. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Um, go, go back and... And look at it if you've never seen it. Anyway, there's this exchange between um, between Wesley the hero and Andre the giant. I'm not sure what his name is in the in the movie. And and Andre says to Wesley, "Let's fight like a man." And Wesley says, "You mean you put down your rock and I put down my sword, and we try and kill each other like civilized people." <laughs> Paul says to offer your body as a living sacrifice, which in itself is an oxymoron, like killing one another as civilized people would. And, and he uses this language to be a living sacrifice to make a really big point. And... And maybe, you know, it's not as confounding as when you come to a fork in the road, take it. It's another oxymoron. <laughs> you get that one? But the previous <laughs> sacrificial system was the Mosaic Covenant Law and it required the sacrifice to be perfect, costly, without blemish. And this perfect, costly sacrifice that we'd take to the temple, if we were in old covenant law, this perfect, costly sacrifice would be brought and it had to be perfect and costly because that would be the expression of whom the sacrifice was given to and the value of the one receiving the sacrifice. So it was, it was this exchange of we give something of high value to the one that is the highest of value. And when John the Baptist saw Jesus in, um, in John 1, he made this prophetic declaration of, of him, and, and it was also... It was about his assignment, and, and he said of Jesus, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So when Paul says that to us, 
we're to take after Christ, and he says that on numerous occasions. He also says we're hidden in Christ. And, but he says in this context, to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This, this big idea that this sacrifice is, is li- a living one reveals that there are two layers or a couple of layers here that, um, that we need to consider. And, and number one is that Jesus didn't remain as a sacrifice, <laughs> but was resurrected to become the first living sacrifice. So Jesus was sacrificed as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But he was the one who, he is the one who also lives. And we are invited to follow in his footsteps. Paul's saying to us, his people, to die to your old nature, to die to your former self, to lay down your life, to give what is high value to you to the one who is the highest of value. He's saying, it's over. (laughs) It's finished. Your life before the cross. Park it. Park it in light of the cross. And then come and live Come and live in in your new creation self. Be alive, but be dead to yourself. I no longer live, you know, Paul said, but Christ lives in me to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper Worship and the greatest expression that we have, you know, in any form of ministry, any form of, and when I say ministry, I talk, I'm talking about Monday to Friday. I'm talking that's your call, your expression, your life laid down, your, your, you know, whether you're serving in church, whether you're serving the meal at home or doing the dishes or whatever it is. It's like this is ministry. This is, let's lay this down. Let's give him worship through whatever we're doing. We sang such bold lyrics this morning. I don't know if you noticed, but man, I was, all I have, all I own, (laughs) you can have it all. What bold lyrics we we dare to sing. (laughs) And I hope that I'm being true in myself, and I hope that we can reflect on that today to be true in what we say and what we sing and what we declare to him. And when we go on and we step into Romans 12 and and look at this whole chapter, it really reveals the life of what an authentic worshiper looks like beyond the context of our Sunday gatherings with our lives becoming a living sacrifice Verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. You know, worship looks like there's a distinction between who you are and who you were and what the world's doing 
and what you're doing and what you're focusing on and what the world's focusing on and where you're drawing strength from and where the world's drawing strength from and where you're drawing identity from and where the world, the world says that you should put your identity in. There's distinction. There's distinction at the cross. There's distinction. There's distinction. And worship calls us because it goes on, it says, but be transformed with the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to, to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And worship calls us to outwork the Father's good and pleasing and perfect will in our lives. And this is what this whole next portion of Scripture reveals to us, I believe. We good, we're just going to read some Bible and we could just, you know, we could exegete the whole thing, but we really don't have time to do that. So I just, I just let this wash over you this morning and in you and through you. For it says, for by the grace given me, I say every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has become one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ, though many, form one, and each member belongs to all of the others. And we've talked about this over our Heart for the House series recently, um, but being a living sacrifice puts a demand upon us to be available to one another. The church needs each other. We're not our own. Um, we're not our own. And, and this passage is the word, and it's the standard. And I look at, you know, I've been in church ministry. I've seen a lot for a long time. And I look back, and I, and I consider the, the early church here, actually, when we consider the early church in Acts 4, it says all the believers were one heart, in mind, you know, unity prevailed, and it goes on to say they were giving it to one another, and and you know, glory of ale took this, and it got toxic. And then it says, "And God's grace was so powerful at work in them all that they were no, there, there were no needy." persons among among them and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all and I just was reflecting on this and reflecting on myself and reflecting on the church over the week and I was like is it possible again is it could could can the church look like this again And this is, this is the stand, This is the benchmark, isn't it, of of the church? It's almost like this is the, 
And this isn't like to bring condemnation on anyone or not pointing a finger at anyone today, but I just, you know, when you see this in the Word, you think like, if this is the Word, and there's so much, there's so much differences in the church. (laughs) There's so many differences. There's so many, is it possible again, Jesus? And I think it is if we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. Verse 6, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And This isn't that you're like, well, I'm just a teacher, so I'm only going to teach and I can't give or encourage or you know, lead or anything like that. But if it's in that moment, what, what, you've, what, what have you got in front of you right now? What, what's, what's the demand being put on you from the body? And the big thought is, what's our response? Let's be diligent in loving one another. And it, this is counterculture. This is seeing beyond ourselves. This is not becoming independent. This is becoming interdependent. Verse 9, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people from a low, of a low position. Do not be conceited. Last week, um, last Saturday, I was removing a nail from a 100 by 100 piece of timber. It was quite a long piece of timber, and I had a crowbar, and I gave it a heap of pressure, and then it went ping, and then I discovered why uh, steel cap boots are a really good idea. As it pinged onto my big toe, and I heard a crack. And um, I was like, I'm not going to look at that right now. I'm just going to keep on doing <laughs> But heck, that hurts. <laughs> and it turns out that my um, big toe, my toenail, was now surplus to requirements. Um, you know, but the thing is, it just you know, when one part of your body is hurting, every every part, every part feels that pain. And mourn with those who mourn, and in the same way, rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Be willing to associate with people in low position. Look across cultural barriers, you know, financial barriers, emotional barriers. In verse 12, verse 17, this countercultural theme continues. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. 
And this is not saying that we have to please all the people all the time because you can't do that. In the American Standard, it says this, take thought for things honourable in the sight of all men. We need to be considerate of what honour looks like on all occasions. Verse 18, if it, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, dear brothers, but, or dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemies are hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I was just, um, this morning, I was just reflecting on the first prophetic scripture that was ever given to me from Micah 6.8. And it says, you know, he's showing you, O oh man, what is good to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And it's really given to men and women. <laughs> Let's clear that up. Um... But any position that is given to us that has authority or power associated with your appearance, with your leading an organization, with your driving your car, <laughs> everything that we do must be worked through this filter of what does it look like in the Father's kingdom? If you're in a place of authority, influence, power, what does it look like in the, in the, in the Father's house? And acting justly, loving mercy, walking humbly with your God, leading with the heart of a servant, serving with the heart of a king. That's really my message this morning. We're going to finish with a with a um, with a new praise song. I think is that the best idea, team? I think we still think that's a good idea. Great. Just want to lead you through as the band's getting ready. Just the Lord's prayer. Well. The Lord gave this prayer, it became the disciples' prayer. So let's just, I want to read it and then I want to just say just a few lines as we go just to expound on a couple of, couple of sentences, um, verses as we go. So let's just, let's just pray right now. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, holy. You are our Father and you're holy. And we want to give our lives today as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing to you. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
and we know that heaven is a, is a place where love rules and reigns, where truth and justice is revealed, where there is wholeness and healing. So we just, we just declare that out on earth as in heaven, over our families, over our business, over our, over our, our Monday to Friday on earth as in heaven, over our hearts, over the issues and the struggles and the wrestles that we are facing now. We just thank you and we just submit our earthliness to your heavenliness on earth as in heaven. And we let, let this prayer go to our, to our region, to those who are struggling in sickness mentally, emotionally, in fear and in bondage. We just declare on earth as in heaven. And we just, we invite your presence as it would be in heaven <laughs> to earth. And Jesus, we thank you that you became the bridge between heaven and earth. When that temple curtain ripped and dead things came to life. And we thank you for heaven on earth and for the boldness of this prayer that you empowered your people to declare to not settle for earth on earth, but heaven. On earth, we just pray that you would give us this day our daily bread. And we thank you that you could even, we can put that demand on you. That we ask for the provision that we need for ourselves and for our brothers and sisters this morning. And we f and forgive us our debts as we, have for as we also have, been, have forgiven our debtors. We forgive those and we release people from our hearts today. We release judgment, accusation, trauma and pain from, from, from as far as we can remember in life. We just give you the echoes of our past and the struggles of our present. We release and we forgive and we bless and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Help us to resist. Help us to resist ourselves, our reactions. Help us to resist the temptation to think only of ourselves in situations. And deliver us from the evil one. And we declare that today. We just stand together that it shall not pass. <laughs> that evil will not come into our hearts or into this house. We just, we just say no. Deliver us from evil. In Jesus' name. We thank you that your banner over us is love this morning. Let's stand right now, church, and just give him our praise this morning.